Okay, if you have your Bibles, please turn to the book of John, chapter number 15. John chapter number 15, and we're, gonna, we're not going to be long. I just want to um, continue talking about living the supernatural life. Is that okay? All right. So today, I'm going to take my time. I'm going to uh, be looking at living the supernatural life. Uh, we're not going to fill out every blank because I'm going to take my time. Okay? Was that okay? We'll continue next week. All right? So here we go. The Bible says, let's read the first three verses. The Bible says this. I am the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. Okay, let's pause there for a second. Jesus says this, I am the true grapevine. Meaning, there are some false grapevines. Okay? He starts us off by saying, no, I am the true grapevine. I am the real deal. I'm 100. And he says, my father is the gardener. What do gardeners do? They take care of the garden. Right? The father takes care of the garden. He is the gardener. Jesus is the true, authentic, the real deal, 100% vine. And he continues to say this. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit. And he prunes the branches that do bear fruit, so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. I want to talk about the first concept, the first key to supernatural living, and it is fruitfulness. The first key to supernatural living is fruitfulness. Remember last week we said we are spiritual beings living in a body here on earth. The Bible tells us, Ecclesiastes 3.11, that God has planted eternity in the hearts of man. You are an eternal being living here on earth. You are trapped in that earth suit we call a body, right? That earth suit helps you to operate here on earth. Jesus, in these few verses, first of all, tells us that the key to supernatural living is fruitfulness. You see, what is spiritual fruit? First of all, let us look at what natural fruit is. Natural fruit is the outward evidence of the true nature of a tree or a plant. How do you know this is an apple tree? It produces apples. How do you know this is a mango tree? It produces mangoes. The fruit is the outward evidence of the true nature of the plant. Okay? So I cannot go to an apple tree and expect to find lemons. If I do, that tree is a freak. Right? <laughs> that is a freak of nature. Because that is not the true nature of the apple tree. The fruit, the apple, is the outward evidence of the true nature of that tree. The natural fruit 
confirms the inner nature of the tree. It confirms it. When I go to an apple tree, this is an apple. It confirms this is an apple tree. All right? So now what is spiritual fruit? Spiritual fruit is simply this. It is the outward evidence of the true inner nature of a transformed person. That's what spiritual fruit is. Spiritual fruit is the outward evidence of the true inner nature of the transformed person. How do we know that you have changed? We know that you have changed by the things that you do. Right? We know that you have changed by your actions. Your actions are the outward evidence of the true nature of the, trans- of the transformation that has gone, uh, that's taken place in your life. Amen? Amen? That is very important. You know what the, what the, what, uh, what the issue is today with, with Christianity, especially here in America, is that I always laugh at people. I say, oh my gosh, uh, you know, America is becoming so godless and all going down the tubes and it's going to hell. I'm like, if America is going to hell, then there's a problem with the church. The problem is never with the world. It is always with the body of Christ. Because here is the deal. If people actually experienced outward evidence of what Jesus is doing in us, their lives would become transformed. We would become attractive. Right? We are not attractive because we talk the same way they do. We live the same way they do. Right? We react the same way they do. And they meaning those that are far from Christ. So you can say you go to church or you want. But until they begin to experience the outward evidence of what Jesus is actually doing in your life. Your words will have no meaning. The most powerful thing for a person who's far from God is to see a person they used to hang out with progressively become somebody different. Somebody better. Somebody who God actually created them to be. So, the first key to supernatural living is fruitfulness. That is very, very important. Listen to these scriptures, and I want us to read them together, because what Jesus says in his word is not meaningless. His word carries weight. Here is what he says. Matthew chapter 7, verse 15 to 20. Beware of false prophets who come disguised as harmless sheep, but are really vicious wolves. Remember Jesus began by saying, I am the true vine. That means there's something or somebody who is forced or inauthentic, right? You can identify them by their fruit. That is 
by the way they act. Can you pick grapes from thorn bushes or, or figs from thistles? A good tree produces good fruit, and a bad tree produces bad fruit. A good tree can't produce bad fruit, and a bad tree can't produce good fruit. So every tree that does not produce good fruit is chopped down and thrown into the fire. Yes, just as you can identify a tree by its fruit, so you can identify people by their actions. So, let us bring it home. How have you been acting? Ah. Right? How have you been acting? What is the produce? What is the fruit that has been coming out of your life? Right? How do you react to situ in situations? Do you fly off the handle? like everybody else does? Or do you take a chill pill and hand everything over to Jesus and say, God, Jesus, take the wheel, right? <laughs> do you do that? What are your actions? Because if you say that you are a good person, then the Bible says you must produce good fruit. Don't get me wrong. Good fruit takes time to produce. But here's the thing. You must want to produce good fruit. Right? What about your language? Right? What about your thoughts? Ooh. Right? Everything we do, everything we say, must be a reflection of what Jesus is doing in us. In us. So if you came to Jesus and you were an angry person, now that you have become his follower, there must be a change. Everyone can change. Change people grow. Right? That is a supernatural lifestyle. You see, because here, here's the deal. Most of us, especially as Pentecostals, can be so guilty of this, right? We want to see the miraculous happen, and it will happen. But the miraculous can never be a substitute for fruitfulness. It can never be a substitute for spiritual fruit. It can never I don't care if you can prophesy. I don't care if you can move a mountain. I don't care if you can do backflips up in the air with gravity not pulling you down. I don't care what you can do that is supernatural. As long as your life does not produce good fruit, you are living below the standards which God created you to live. And God is not impressed. Right? Here's the deal, right? The church in Corinth, side note, sidebar. These guys were super spiritual. These guys, I mean, these guys were super spiritual. 
I mean, they could talk in tongues. In fact, they, they started talking to, in tongues to each other. Blah, 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 You know, that, kind, that, that was crazy. That's what they were doing. I mean, they could prophesy. They could speak of things to come in the future. I mean, they would lay hands on sick people. People would get healed. People who were dead could get resurrected. Stuff was happening. But the Apostle Paul had an issue with them. Because this church, though it was doing supernatural stuff, was not producing the fruit of the Spirit. They were taking each other to court. Okay, so if they have a dispute, they don't talk it out among themselves and as followers of Jesus come to reconciliation. No, they took each other to court. They wanted to sort things out that way. Or they were bad. They were bad. They started sleeping with each other's wives. Mm -hmm. That was in the church. But meanwhile, they would come together. Woo! Thank you, Jesus. Woo! Glory. Woo! There you go, resurrected, boom, comes back to life, right? There was nothing wrong with them doing supernatural things. But God had an issue with the way they lived their lives. And to God, the fruit outweighed the gifts. And that's why Paul says, what is it if I can speak in tongues of men and of angels, but have not love? I'm only a resounding gong, a clanging cymbal. The fruit of the Spirit outweighs the gift. Because the fruit will sustain you where your gift is taking you. Without spiritual fruit, you will crush and burn under the burden of success. Boom, that was so good, I'm going to aim in my step. Amen. <laughs> Woo! Glory. All right. Here's another scripture. Uh, Luke 13. We're, we're about to close. Luke 13, verse 6 to 9. Jesus says this. And I want to say some very hard things here as we close. Jesus says this. He told this story. A man planted a fig tree in his garden and came again and again to see if there was any fruit on it. But he was always disappointed. Finally, he said to his gardener, I've waited three years and there hasn't been a single fig. Cut it down. It's just taking up space in the garden. The gardener answered, Sir, give it one more chance. Leave it another year and I'll give it special attention and plenty of fertilizer. If we get figs next year, fine. If not, then you can cut it down. A tree... Or a plant that does not produce fruit is useless. Remember what Jesus said in the beginning. He said, my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that does not bear fruit. His reasoning is this. I have given you everything that you need pertaining to life and godliness. I am amply supplying you in order that you can produce fruit. I've given you a church you can go to. I've given you a pastor who can help you. 
I've given you leaders that can help you. I've given you Christian friends that can come alongside you. I have given you my word that will speak life into your soul. I have given you everything that you need in order to become the best person, the person I created you to be. And if you do not produce the fruit, there is no excuse. You cannot say God did not give me stuff to produce fruit. And he says, that kind of tree, I will cut down. You can only be supplied so long by God. At some point, you have to start using what he is giving you. If not, you cut yourself off from his supply. Some of us have been dealing with unforgiveness for a very long time. And God is saying, what do you need for me to help you forgive? You still choose to hold on to your pain. Guess what? God will leave you to your own devices so that that pain can consume you because you refuse to get his supply that can help you move on. That is tough, but that's what Jesus said. And you see, the, the, the gardener in this story says, give me more time. And that is God. God is saying, listen, you know what? Give me some more time. I'm working on him. Give me some more time. I'm working on her. Give me some more time. Give me some more time. Give me some more time. But at some point, the owner of the garden is going to come and say, where's the fruit? And if there's no fruit, the tree is useless. Cut it down. Throw it into the fire and burn it. We have no excuse whatsoever for not having a great spiritual life. We don't. All it takes is our commitment and willingness. And God will begin to transform our hearts. And some of us are experiencing that right now, right? Some of us are walking that path. Some of us are stuck. Right? Some of us are stuck. We, and we've been stuck here. We're like a broken record. We've been stuck here for, some, for, for a minute. God wants to change that. But it's going to take your commitment. It's going to take your willingness to begin to produce fruit. Amen? In conclusion, I want to say this. You see, God wants to see progress in our spiritual walk. Otherwise, it cuts us off from his spiritual supply. We do have a part to play in producing the fruit. And it's called exercising free will and making good choices. Jesus said this in the first three verses that we read. He says, the father prunes us so that we can bear more fruit. I grew tomatoes. I love growing tomatoes. Right? Tomatoes are like my thing. You grow tomatoes. I love it. All right? The thing with tomatoes is this. If you want good tomato fruit... You have to prune it regularly, okay? And by, you know, when, when a tomato tree is, uh, plant is growing, there's what we call undergrowth, right? The little, little branches that, that are underneath. You want to cut those off once in a while. And here's the reason. If you don't cut them off, they begin to suck all the nutrients that are supposed to go to the fruit. 
But once you cut those little things off, your fruit becomes better. Okay, and actually, if you want, when it's about to get to the fall, and you want your tomatoes to ripen quickly, what you do is you you do what we call topping. Okay, so you cut off the top of the of the growing plant. When you do that, it stops it stops the tomato from growing, but then it transfers all the sugars to the to the tomato. Boom! You didn't know that. <laughs> yeah. I got skills. Y'all don't know that. <laughs> All right? But th that's th the process of pruning helps to grow bigger and sweeter fruit. And you see, in our spiritual lives, that these little, little habits, right? These little things that we have held on to. And God is just wanting to chop, 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 chop them off so that you can produce more fruit. Those little, little habits are childlike, infant-like habits, right? We have always had those little things in our spiritual walk, but God wants to prune them away. Amen? Amen? And next week, I want to tell you how God does that. Okay? How God does that and how we can produce, or how the other keys to spiritual fruitness. Is that okay? Amen. Has this helped anybody? I don't know what area in your life is not reflecting Jesus. All right? Um, but you know. Right? When I've done something wrong that is against God, usually I don't, I don't need other people to come and tell me and say, Campbell, that is wrong. Because the Holy Spirit lives in me and he brings conviction. So before anybody else say, if somebody else comes and says it to me, that means probably I've just been stubborn with God, and God has to use a person. If that person doesn't work, God will even use a donkey to speak to me, right? But I don't want to be that stubborn. I want, when God points something out in my life, to be quick to say, God, I'm sorry, help me. I want to produce fruit that reflects your divine nature in me. So I don't know... What area of your life? It might be your language. It might be some of your habits that you've been struggling with for a long time. It might be your thoughts. All right? I always say to people, sometimes if you were to plug a, uh, uh, a, a, an HDMI cable to my head and screen my thoughts, some of you would run away. Okay? But God has to bring conviction and bring a transformation in my mind. Right? And every one of us has that chink in the armor. And I don't know what it is for you. It can be unforgiveness. You've been carrying stuff for a long time. And you've just been bitter. Maybe it is anger. Right? Whatever it is. Whatever it is that does not reflect Jesus. Allow him to deal with it this morning. Let's pray. Jesus, I want to thank you that you want us to produce fruit. I want, us, I want to thank you that God, you want us to reflect who we really are or who you have really created us to be. And God, you know that it is very hard. It is hard to change. But God, we, we know that we can change when you help us. And so God, we surrender to you this morning. Whatever area of our lives needs transformation, come and do it, God. We cannot do it in our own strength. You know that. So Holy Spirit, we are asking you, you who is our teacher, you who leads us into all truth, you who produces the fruit in us, Holy Spirit, we're opening our lives to you. 
We are asking that, Lord, may you produce your fruit in our lives. May you prune us. May you remove those, those little things that suck uh, the nutrients, the spiritual nutrients that you want to bring to us. And I pray that, God, we will be so different. There will be such a transformation that those people we have been hanging out with that are so far from you will begin to see the difference and will want the same thing we have. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.